0: Welcome to the Copying Content Podcast. If you're a speaker, coach, consultant, trainer, podcaster, YouTuber, whateverer, who actually gives an ish about your audience, this podcast is for you. Our host, John Cook, shares interviews from top thought leaders on the topics of speaking, copywriting, content creation, branding, and marketing. So snuggle in those earbuds and let's get started.
1: Welcome to Copy and Content. This is for thought leaders who actually give an ish about their audience. I'm your host, John Cook, and I'm joined today by Valerie Morris from Tintero Creative. And I, Valerie and I got connected about four or five years ago through kind of mutual connections here in the Denver entrepreneurial space. Um, it was great to see how Valerie continues to grow her company, Tentero Creative, and uh, I'm excited that you're here. Thanks for joining us today, Valerie. Uh, I'd love to have you uh, share a little bit about your backstory, uh, fill in any spots that I might have missed, and welcome to Copying Content.
0: Thanks so much for having me, John. Mm -hmm. It's been fun um, having another entrepreneurial friend and um, just getting to see how both of our businesses have grown over the last four or five years. Um, and not only that, but our families and personal lives, um, because we've had many football game and dinner around the table together with our families. So that's really fun to see business and just life in general meld together. Um, but yeah, so I, I run Tintero creative, founded it and, uh, we help the the short and long of it is we help businesses and people improve their online presence. And, um, that can, that can look like a lot of different forms. For most people, they're very concerned about social media Not and sure. how they can leverage these tools to really build their influence online. And so a huge piece of that is is helping position people and their brands to be the expert in their niche and their, their expertise. And so a lot of that is involved with um, original content, uh, blogs, audio, video, uh, graphic, all of that kind of stuff, all of that original content that helps position someone as an expert and then help getting it out. So that's like on your website, your social media channels, your email platforms. There's so many different tools to help get that, that information and content out to the world. Um, But then you want to have that content that's out on those channels to point people back to somewhere strategic. And that's where content really comes into play. So I've been doing that for a long time, really love doing it. It's, it's a fun challenge every day. And of course, you know, Google and all the social media platforms like to keep us on our toes.
1: Yeah, all the algorithms, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it changes every day. I mean, even yesterday, Google made some big announcements about social media, and you know that's the kind of thing that happens every week in our industry. And um, it's fun because it it allows me to keep learning.
1: Yeah, well, and, and you mentioned the uh, Google announcement and saying, "Oh, we're going to uh, we're going to do away with Google Plus." I'm like, that I really feel like that's pronouncing time of death about. F- Five years later than it actually happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was um, a lot of us in the social media world are kind of getting <laughs> out of that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's the well, you know, thanks for at least you know calling it out and making sure that uh, we all knew that something that we all already saw happened. Uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. with uh, with Tentera Creative, you know, you connect with a variety of different businesses, people, uh, not just businesses, but people who are subject matter experts. Um, um, people in the coaching space, consulting, uh, kind of like, what's your, what's your, if you were kind of had to pick a favorite, what's kind of that thought leader group where you're like, I really love working with this group. Is it like health practitioners? Is it coaches? What's kind of that group?
0: Yeah. So primarily, Tintaro's client base has been largely private practices, and we love working with people who are doctors who really want to improve the world from a very biology based kind of, you know, very practical approach. Um, But they're also just really great people to work with. I mean, I keep saying this and I think it's true, but I think dentists are some of the happiest uh, and kindest people to work with because they have to compensate so much because everyone hates going to the dentist, (laughs) Um, but they really make for really good clients. Um, but in the past few years, we've done a lot in real estate. We've done a lot with authors and speakers and as, as my own personal career in, um, in speaking and and been working on a book, um, I've been able to really apply a lot of the things that I'm learning, uh, to, to my clients, uh, accounts as well. So that's been really, really fun. And then I'll also just throw in there that I do do a lot with, um, a few nonprofits and I'll be honest, those are just the most life giving types of scenarios. And I think anyone that works with nonprofits would say the same. Um, but it's just so great to work with people that have this message. That's so much bigger than themselves, Mm -hmm. much more than just keeping the lights on in their business, um, or paying the paychecks. It's, they've got a greater mission and I love working with clients that have that kind of approach.
1: Absolutely. When I, I think that's one where, from a thought leader standpoint, being able to connect with people who don't just have a powerful message that can change the world, but they actually have the heartbeat to go along with a message. And, and it's not just all head knowledge, but there truly is this, this passionate um, you know, investment of saying, you know, I, I believe that this is because we can create a better world tomorrow. And, and you, you started to kind of, you know, tease a little bit about the book. Tell me about this book that you have coming out.
0: Yeah, so I've been working on working on this book for a while, and it's really a culmination of so many of these different disciplines that I work with in my clients day in and day out. And I I kept kind of coming across the fact that there's so many of these different little nuggets about building your online presence that people really need to know. If you want to get positioned as a thought leader and as an expert in your field, you need to be doing a few key things to really position yourself well, and and allow you to help build that influence online and so that's the gist of it right now i'm actually working on book title and book cover and all of that will be launching soon so stay tuned for that but um and maybe by the time this is published i can have it in the show notes for you but um super excited about about all that and i think it's information that so many people really need to know just because they there's so much that changes online and there's something sure, sure. you could be doing online. And I've been doing this now for so long that I've seen what works and what doesn't. And also what's kind of the you know quick fix that really isn't gonna get you anywhere versus some of the stuff that's not so sexy but it helps you out in the long run. And so I talk about all of that stuff in my book and, and what's been fun too is I've been able to dig into it with people who aren't necessarily marketers, um, but are from that nonprofit perspective and people that I really see out there building influence and building an online presence and they don't even realize it. So that's been really fun to kind of help open their eyes, um, to, to things that I want to feature about what they're doing and they don't even think that they're doing it. So it's been really fun.
1: That's awesome. And yeah, you were talking about the, um, the things that aren't that sexy, but it's really important for being able to build, not just a brand, but really building that uh, the authority, that credibility as a thought leader. Um, I like to think of like research. I, I call research like leg day at the gym. If somebody's wanting to do chest and back or maybe doing, you know, arms workout, you can't find an open bench at the gym, but if it's legs day, it's like a ghost town, but it's so foundational to your overall health. Just like research is so foundational to your message as a thought leader. What are some of those, like, what are some of those uh, not so sexy parts of building thought leadership that, uh, that you, that you see a lot of value in?
0: Yeah. So I think a lot of people think that social media and that anything online really, you know, whether it's their website, their blog, whatever, they think that, you know, it's just going to happen overnight. You hear these stories about people who have done these amazing things online and you don't realize that it took years and years and years to have that overnight success. Um, And so a lot of that is in content. I mean, the consistency of the content that you're putting out into the world is one of the most effective things that you can do. And it's one of those things that you may not necessarily see every single piece of content get a viral status. Um, You know, you might have a couple pieces of content that do really, really well. um, And then a bunch of others that do a little bit well, but that those little steps over time are going to help you a ton. So for example, I really did not focus a ton on SEO for my website. Um, For those of those of you listening who don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization, and it's essentially um, some tactics that allow you to help rank better on Google. And I had, you know, I knew what best practices were, but frankly, I was busy with my own client stuff. And so while I did kind of the basics, I didn't necessarily spend my whole Concentrated effort on. Oh, I want to rank number one on Google. But what I did do was I did those little things over time, and after a couple of years, I started looking at my stats. Like you're saying, leg day. Go you know, back and look at the numbers. Um, I went back and looked at my stats and saw that my search engine traffic had increased and doubled. Um, and every year, that that search engine traffic had increased. And doubled every single year. And so what was cool about that was to see that I didn't have to spend thousands of dollars on this up front. There's nothing wrong with doing that up front if you want faster results. But those little baby steps all helped pay off. And so now I have a huge amount of ability to get uh, some traffic to my site from Google because I did those, those things consistently. Um, so, yeah, blogging is great. Um, I, I the more and more there's new techniques out there, which I love um, the less and less people get excited about blogging, but I think written content is still so important um, because there are people who aren't going to listen to video online. They, they would prefer to read. Um, there are going to be people who really want the tutorial and they want that. Sure. sure. Um, and they, you know, there there's, you know, when you think about learning styles, there's auditory, visual, and kinesthetic. And visual, there's a lot of people out in the world that are visual learners. And so they may not want to listen to a video or podcast, but they will read through your content. Um, And then the other piece of that is, you know, search engines can easily crawl blog content. Um, And while they can do a lot with other types of content, written content works really, really well for SEO. Absolutely. um, I'm a big fan of blogging. I think it's one of those kind of tried and true types of things that I just don't see going away completely.
1: So that, that I guess leads to a kind of a, a pushback question. If somebody's like, well, you know, I feel like blogging's dead. Valerie changed my mind. If somebody was to say, if somebody was to say that, what would your response be?
0: Well, I think today there's a lot of other strategies that you might incorporate alongside blogging, but blogging still needs to be a powerful p- force in your strategy And for many of those reasons that I just mentioned, it's so much easier for the Google program to crawl through your website and read exactly what the words are about who you are and what you do. For SEO alone, blogging is a great resource. Blogging is also a great way to help drive links back to your website. You want to talk about some sort of industry-related event or industry-related topic? Great. Make a quick blog post about it because that lives on your site. It's great if you want to share links for things on Huffington Post or Inc. or Fortune, but isn't it better to point them back over to your website? Um, And if you're not blogging, you really can't do that on a regular basis. Um, And blogging, when you create the content, it subconsciously tells the rest of the world that you are an expert in that. Mm. So if you can send those kinds of subconscious messages Um, that's just going to help position you so much more. Um, you know, I recently got connected with a bunch of CEOs on LinkedIn and you know how LinkedIn can tell you, Oh, so-and-so viewed your profile. Well, I had, uh, connected with this guy, not even an hour later, I get a notification that he liked one of the articles that I had published on LinkedIn and I have not published articles on LinkedIn now, for a handful of, of months, this was an older older article. And so that told me that he was snooping around my profile and scoping me out. And he saw all sorts of things about what I talk about um, and what, I'm, what, I'm, what messages I'm putting out there to the world. So that's telling him, hey, this person you just connected with is an expert in X, Y, and Z. You know, you so mm-hmm. do a lot of great things if you're really... Um, kind of just sending those subconscious messages. And if you're thinking about it from the terms of what is this telling the world subconsciously?
1: Yeah. And when I think of different people who are in the thought leader space and they're saying, I want to put out good content, um, how do I choose where to post my content? Do I, do I spend a lot of time on, on Instagram or do I put uh, Snapchat or Facebook or my website? Do I do a podcast? Do I do video? Like, how do you help them identify what's kind of going to get the best bang for their buck as it were?
0: You know, I, um, I'm actually become a big fan of this concept of batching. Um, and so what that means is I will sit and record. Um, gosh, one day I even recorded about 20 videos, but, um, typically it's anywhere from five to 10 videos at a time. And these videos are all connected to kind of general themes and topics that I want to talk about over the course of a semester or the course of a season. And then from there, I have my, my main thoughts and main points kind of mapped out in the video. And that's something that I can then share with other people. Um, if I've got other people on my team who are going to make blog posts out of it, um, put that out on social media channels, maybe export the audio alone to put in a podcast. I've just discovered that if you really want to be efficient with creating a ton of content, um, you can do a lot by just recording a handful of videos yourself. And whether you do the, the production work or you farm that out to someone else, Um, you can really create a lot from just a few videos. Absolutely. Where you put that content, I think matters based on your industry. So if you're in an e-commerce space, you know, and it's a a product, you might be focusing more on Pinterest than LinkedIn. But if you're in the professional services space and you don't have a physical product, you're probably going to focus more on LinkedIn than on Pinterest. So, There's just kind of some of those kind of general rules. And those, honestly, those change from time to time, you know, as social media platforms change and their trends develop, you may decide, Hey, I'm going to put more of my efforts over on this one platform than another. But I think the same concept of creating that batched content originally, um, that can stay the same. And then you just pivot your strategy based on how the trends are moving.
1: Yeah. And it's one where you mentioned LinkedIn, And and you see how different people say, well, I feel like, I feel have to be on all platforms. What, which social media platforms, you know, top one to two, do you see having the greatest impact potential um, overall for thought leaders in the next couple of years?
0: For thought leaders? Mm
1: -hmm. Speakers, coaches, consultants. Yeah. Probably depends on the industry, but like overall, could you make kind of a, a, a bigger blanket statement? I feel like Facebook is going to be big or, you know, which I
0: think, one? I think LinkedIn. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is one of the most underutilized platforms in the world right now. There's just so much you can do and so many doors that you could open um, that just frankly are not as much of an opportunity on other platforms. and um, the ability to get in front of kind of the main decision makers is really, really key. Um, And you can do that on LinkedIn versus on a platform um, where they might have um, like an admin or it might be outsourced Uh, on LinkedIn. There's so many CEOs. There's so many people that have gatekeepers in so many other venues, but LinkedIn, it's generally not gated. And so, if you want to talk to the CEO of a specific startup or a specific company, you can probably interact directly with that person. Um, that might change over the next few years. I'm not sure, and I'm sure that LinkedIn will make changes to um, help them make more money or whatever. Um, but you know, it's it's there's a lot. There's it's a, it's a gold mine in my opinion that a lot Absolutely.
1: of people. Like. Um, and I think I'm pretty sure that Microsoft just purchased LinkedIn yes. or, or had some definitely some strong influence. I, I don't know if they I would have to check the the facts on that if I believe that they did purchase LinkedIn, um, but even have some some sort of strong influence. And it makes sense because of the way in which Microsoft is wanting to stay front of mind and so much in the in the corporate space and being able to connect with those business leaders. Um, how do you use LinkedIn? You say you're just connecting with different CEOs. How do, you, how do you use LinkedIn to really build those initial connections?
0: Well, so here's the thing, and I've been talking about this a lot in the last few weeks with people, but um, LinkedIn, when you utilize your personal account versus just using a business account, you really have more control over who, over who your audience is there. I can say I want to connect with dentists and people in the dental industry and i can go do searches to connect with majority of those people now that's not to say that my whole audience is going to be all dentists it could be but you know sure. i got i got some some diversity cuz you know I'm friends or i'm connected with friends from high school that are in different industries neighbors some referral partners there's all sorts of people that aren't necessarily dentists but i could build my network to be majority in my ideal target audience and if I go and pursue and request connections from those people, I'll tell you, majority of those people will respond back. Yes. Most people, if you have a legit looking profile, you got a photo, you don't look like you're just some, you know, Nigerian prince or something like that. <laughs> sure. You're going to uh, get accepted as a connection. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's some people that are a little bit more private, but general rule, I have found that most people will connect with you. So that means whenever I put any content out to the world and I post using my personal profile, all of those posts are going to people in my ideal target audience. Mm. I can be a lot more strategic about what I'm saying there, knowing what my underlying motive is, or talking about specific products or specific service offerings. I can get very specific knowing that my audience there is really primed and ready. Um, and, and it just, there's just so much possibility there. And, and frankly, like you can have, I believe the number is 30,000 connections on LinkedIn.
1: Yes. It's several, several thousand.
0: So, I mean, I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface with the number of connections that I have. Um, but if you think about that, how hard is it to get a Facebook like on your business page? Nowadays, it's pretty hard.
1: Pretty hard. Yeah.
0: You have you either have to really, you know, hit up your friends and family, or you're probably paying to promote your page in some way with Facebook advertising. If you think about that, compared to building your network and your audience over on LinkedIn, gosh, that sounds a lot easier over on LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. So, so I've just found it to be a really great place. And what I love about LinkedIn too is that people are there to do business. People are focused. And they, they're not necessarily caring about cute little cat memes or pictures of your dog. They're there to get serious information. And so people are paying attention on LinkedIn. When they go on mm-hmm. there, they're not really just there to kill time. They're there to learn something and to be informed with their audience. So I love that because I feel like the effort that I put in there is really coming back tenfold.
1: Yeah, what I like to think about LinkedIn is basically LinkedIn is Facebook with a suit and tie. There's still many of the connections, but you're not going to be sharing a post and then it's going to get buried within 10, 15 seconds by a cat meme or somebody making a video about their keto shake or whatever. Um, You know, nothing wrong with cat memes or keto shakes, but neither of those have anything to do with our business success and really connecting with the people that we really want to help. And so, as we look towards, you know, we're, we're recording this in October uh, 2018 and we're lo- kind of looking into the rest of this year into, uh, into the start of a new year here in the next couple months, which is crazy to think about that's already October. Um, you, you mentioned your, your book. What, what else are you working on that you're, that you're excited about getting out in the world in the next three, five, six months, whatever?
0: Yeah, so in the last uh, few months, I've really put some polishing touches on two main classes, they're both available now. Um, and you can find them all on my website, which is TinteroCreative.com. Um, but one is a LinkedIn course that helps people figure out how to leverage LinkedIn and really use it effectively to reach more people and to, um, really, really take advantage of this goldmine in front of us. Um, and then the other course is, uh, on how to build a website in a weekend. Okay. that's focused on using WordPress's platform and helping people that are really just, you know, whether they're um, building an author website and they're, you know, just wanting to get the basics up and running, um, or they are a new, brand new business that's maybe tighter on budget and just needs the basics so that they can open up their shop. Um, this is kind of a foundational, let's get the skeleton built and get the basics there. And you can always build on there from from, from there. Um, but you have a solid foundation from which to work and a solid foundation from which you can hire somebody to customize it more if you want, or you can start to play around with it more yourself, but you get a functional website that is ready to go. Um, and if you do what I say, you'll have it up within the end of the weekend.
1: So. There you go. There you go. Yeah, and and if you're listening to this, you're going, okay, I I, I don't really love my website or I think my website could be better. It's one where Valerie and her team, they offer a variety of website development services, getting content off the ground, really giving you what I call kind of your home base. And that's really what your website should be is kind of your home base so you can start uh, that's kind of your central hub to bring in people to connect with them and say, here is the best place to find the purest form of content for my message that can help your life. And so like connection to to Valerie's team is going to be uh, in the show notes and, and, uh, everything that she just referenced, that's going to be included in the show notes, uh, just to give you a good starting point to get your website off the ground. And, and I think when, and you were mentioning LinkedIn, I, I'd like to go back to that. Um, when you reach out, you do those connections. Um, what does that first message look like? Because, you know, if you don't have a mutual connection, but you're wanting to connect with that someone, what does that first message, uh, how do you even approach that?
0: Well, you know, I always try to look and see if there's some sort of common ground with someone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, um, try to send them a message. And first of all, thank them. Um, that goes a huge, huge, long way and, and mention something about wanting to learn more about their expertise. And I usually will cite their company or take a look at their profile and see, you know, if they're part of specific organizations um, and see like, hey, I'm really looking forward to staying connected and getting to know more about what you do in X, Y, or Z. Um, and then, honestly, I really don't pitch them on anything about me.
1: I Thank mean- you for that. <laughs>
0: I really try to make it just like a thank you and, you know, Hey, I'm looking forward to to getting to know you. Um, I post enough on LinkedIn that if they are a consistent user, they will, there's no way for them to miss what I'm all about. Um, And so I figure that's a great way, but um, I will say there's opportunities down the road to ask questions to this audience. You know, once you're connected to someone, and you're really doing, you maybe I'm putting together a new, um, a new product for Instagram for our dental clients. I can go position that to my current connections on LinkedIn that are in the dental world and say, hey, we're working on this. I'd love to see if I could get some feedback from you on if this would be helpful. Or we're between these two options. Um, what do you think? Which would be most helpful to your practice? Mm-hmm asking them for the sale. I'm not asking them to buy the product. I'm just asking to open up the conversation. Sure, sure. a long way because once you open the conversation, um, then you can take that one step further, keep it going. A lot of times people are interested in knowing when it launches um, and, and all of it is you're just asking for help.
1: Yeah, and I love what you shared there because I mean, for many of us, like if you're listening to this, you're going, yeah, I've I've uh, connected with somebody on LinkedIn or or Instagram or whatnot, and then there's this auto message. That basically barfs out. You know, here's this, you know. Here's this. Oh, thank you for connecting. I'd love to tell you about my 17 services, probably you know, 16 of which have no relevance to your interest, and then one that might be interesting if I hadn't just spammed you with this message. Uh, you know, of course, I'm I'm being a little facetious, but not too much. And and I love what you were mentioning about with the, the, the thanking them, specifically thanking them, and then citing their expertise, and and really, I think that continues to put the social and the social media aspect of LinkedIn. Um <laughs> I, I love the different messages that people come up with. Like I like sending a connection where um the approach I like to take with LinkedIn is, hey, uh I was just checking out your, your profile, came across it here on LinkedIn. It looks like we could have some good value and and maybe being able to uh, it'd be valuable to have us in each other's networks. And if you don't want to connect, just please respond with like your own, you know, choice selection of swear words, and I'll print them off and put them on my office wall. Um, <laughs> like, I've never had anybody be, you know, reply with a bunch of swear words, be like, oh, ha, ha, I got your message, because it stood out, it was funny. And it was social. Um, which I, I mean, y- your message reminded me of that. And and I love the approach. I'm, I might even steal some of your, uh, your approach to that messaging. So <laughs> I hope that's okay.
0: Hey, that's the best, biggest form of flattery, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Intellectual property theft is, is flattery. You, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs>
0: trademark
1: market. Gratitude was uh, was there from day one. So. There you go. Uh, so uh, I love connecting you know, with our guests. Every guest that we have here on Copying Content, I love to say, okay, if we're truly in the thought leader space, how do we make sure that we're really curating other people's ideas um, through books and podcasts and different presentations. I mean, Whose content have you been consuming lately? What books have you been reading? What podcasts have you been kind of binge listening? Tell me about that.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to pull up my phone right now because I am going to pull up my podcast app because I just, lately, podcasts are my jam. Um, awesome. And um, I am just loving. So I discovered... Um, well, okay. Pat Flynn was like the first podcaster that I really followed. And I'll be honest, I can't listen to too many of his podcasts. And it's because I walk away with so many things I want to go do Sure. that it overwhelms me. Um, there's just so many, it's like all the things, right? Um, his stuff is just such great content. Um, and there's so much of it. If you want to go look through the archives, so I love Pat Flynn's uh, Smart Passive Income.
1: Well, we met Pat uh, at an event about a year and a half ago.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, we both connected with him there, and, and great conversations. Great guy, Pat Flynn. Smart Passive Income.
0: Yeah, he. Well, he and I feel like he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. i him enough at live. I know enough people who know him, and I've seen too much of his content to 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 think otherwise. Um, I also have started listening to the Gold Digger podcast from Jenna Kutcher. Okay, it's been really, really good. Um, I also love Rachel Hollis. Um, there's a lot about her um, her podcast that is geared towards the mommypreneur or you know, mommy perspective, which I can't really relate with. Um, and some of her stuff is directed towards MLMs, which again, I can't really relate with but so much of her stuff is really, really good for business. Um, and then I recently discovered the side hustle show, um, which that's a really fun one. Um, and gosh, I mean, there's so many great podcasts out there. The other one that I will say that is fabulous. If you are thinking of writing a book is the hope writers podcast, I've really enjoyed listening to theirs. And most of this is where I discovered and came to the conclusion of gosh, podcast content is so valuable because most of their content is old. They haven't created a new podcast episode in almost a year, I think. Wow. But I stumbled along their podcast. I've listened to almost every single episode. um, Some of them multiple times. And I just love the real talk that they have. Um, So there you have it podcasts podcasts have been fabulous um and most of these people are also they also have blogs they also have books that they've written they've also had courses out in the world um i think that's what's cool about building your influence online is that you almost a lot of these channels they all meld together so if you say you're a podcaster odds are you're also a blogger you're also a course creator you're also a Pinterest expert, you know, you're, you're in multiple places in order to kind of get out in the world and people might discover you on multiple channels.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's when you make a, a great point about saying the you know, people who are putting these ideas out here, they're sharing their thoughts. And it's hard to be a thought leader if you're not sharing your thoughts and you're not articulating, here's what I think, and here's why it matters and doing it in a way that um, that fits your style and fits your audience, fits your personality, all of that, um, for, uh, for a variety of people who are in the thought leader space, you know, maybe whether you're a speaker, your coach or consultant, whatever it might be, you're thinking, gosh, I mean, how do I, how do I decide what type of content to put out there? What's, what's right for me? Where do I even start with the type of content? Uh, how do you help your clients with, uh, through Tintero Creative? Like, How do you help your clients identify this form of content seems to be the best fit for you?
0: Gosh, well, you know, first of all, what I'll say is, like I mentioned earlier, batching video is super helpful. But I have talked with many people who, frankly, are so scared of being in front of a camera. So that automatically eliminates a few of the channels. Um, Some people are not good at public speaking or they have not practiced it very much. And so they may not want to even podcast. You know, they don't, they don't even want their audio out in the world. Some people are too busy to do podcast and audio or audio and video. So that means that if someone's going to create the content for them, they're going to have to. Figure out some way to do that. So I think it's eliminating, you know, like what's not going to work. And then from what's left, <laughs> what's going to be most effective. And sometimes I've had to really push people, like, look, I know you don't want to do video, but if you really want to compete in this space and really be seen as a thought leader in this space specifically, you really need to consider it. Um, I have found though that, you know, when you really push someone to do stuff, depending upon their personality, it it works or it doesn't, you know, (laughs) sure. People that can get over that. Um, and they want it enough. And there's some people that just don't. So, um, try to work within the constraints of kind of the client comfort level. Um, but also knowing, Hey, here's what's really working right now. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to inform you and it's going to be ultimately up to you. People that take my advice, of course, we have a lot more fun.
1: But <laughs> sure. Um, oh, if you actually do it with a doctor order, that's that would be helpful. That's right. <laughs> um, so, if somebody's just getting started into the thought leader space, and they're saying, "I'm, I'm not sure as far as getting my content out there, whatnot," what, what do you start from, like a strategy standpoint? Where do you, what do you help them really uh, start to get their initial thoughts together to connect with their audience?
0: So, I think the biggest place to start. What I mean, if you already have a brand out there, you've already got your logo, you've already got kind of a website started, but you're wanting to really start hammering home to your audience, this is what I'm all about. You need to figure out what you are all about. You know, what are those key themes, those key key uh, words, key phrases that you want people to stick in their mind with? Once you know what those are, then you have an idea of okay, I can talk about those key phrases. Every, you know, what's your frequency going to be? I'm going to talk about social media advertising. I'm going to talk about social media marketing. I'm going to talk about uh, websites. Okay, so those are my three topics. How often am I going to talk about those? How many videos do I want to create? Do I want Mm. um, representation of all three keywords? If so, then I'm going to make the same amount of videos for each of the keywords. And I might rotate through, you know, one you know, A, B, and C, A, B, C, A, B, C. I'm not going to talk about um, social media advertising for a month straight and never talk about those other topics. I'm going to be strategic about how often I talk about them. And once you know what those topics are, then you can start to visualize, right, here are the frequently asked questions or the key things that I want someone to know about what I do for social media advertising. How does it work? What's the time frame on it? What do I need to have in place before I start? How much does it cost? All of those are things that could be turned into videos, blogs, podcasts, memes, infographics. There's so many different pieces of content once you identify what your kind of roadmap of topics are gonna be. Um, and honestly, once you start mapping that out, you can do a lot. I mean, I recorded enough videos in one afternoon to to cover me for half of the year, so I don't have to do. Now, granted, that's not great for live video or live types of mm-hmm. settings. Sure, session, sure. But for pre-recorded, gosh, like I record half the year's worth of content in one afternoon, and then I can send that off to my team to publish and produce and get that all cleaned up and ready to go. And I don't have to be putting the camera equipment out every week. I don't have to worry about getting nervous again or pulling up the camera and being like, well, what am I going to talk about today? Because I already thought through it strategically and had that map of what, what topics am I going to talk through? What's most important about for my audience to know?
1: Sure. Well, and you can use those different pieces of content on the different platforms, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Facebook, whether it's on your website, embedding it in YouTube, putting on a YouTube channel, that's great. And you can upload all the all those videos. Let's say you have you know, 25, 50 videos, whatever. You could yeah. upload those right to YouTube so it can start gaining SEO traffic, uh, really SEO momentum um, right away, as opposed to you have to wait before exactly. you put it out. And that's it's a great way. The batching content is one where I hear too many different coaches or consultants uh, saying, Oh, well, I have to, you know, I have to record this every week. And you know, I know my my Tuesday afternoons are shot every week. I'm going, Well, what if you had one full Tuesday once a month that's committed to creating this content? And you can focus in on creating just that content. Uh, for that one day, and then it gives your team a lead time to be able to put this out, and they can do what they do all in one sitting, as opposed to every Tuesday, it's occupying the same time. Yep. And um, honestly,
0: there are days where I don't do my hair; I don't have makeup
1: on. Oh, that makes two of us—the <laughs> makeup part. I, so
0: I don't do much with my hair, anyways. But you know, uh, I don't want to say that too often because then people get really mad at me but God, God gave me great hair. What can I say? I'm really so low maintenance, but you know, there are those days where you just don't feel like being in front of a camera. And if you, sure. that's yeah. your day to be in front of the camera, you know, that's really going to make life hard. So I, I don't know. I'm just, if there's a way that I can work smarter and not harder, I'm going to take it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's one where you you find the time to create the content and, and create the amount of content that you, want, that you really want to create, and, and it's not like, well, I have to put this out there. You know, have to is very—it's uh, burdensome, it's stressful. But the way in which you're talking about batching the content also makes it feel, you know, freer and more. Um, um, you're able to to focus on being in the moment in front of the camera and not worried about, oh, I have to get to these emails or I have to, you know, have this meeting later this afternoon. That's there's a lot of wisdom in that.
0: Yeah. I think you can also roll with the punches of a week when you have stuff mapped out ahead of time.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: You know, like let's say you've got something scheduled for this week, but the big announcement about Google plus shutting down maybe trumps that you can push your other content to another week. There's, there's no rule saying you can't. Um, But you can decide if you want to shake things up this week. Maybe you're sick, you know, like let's say you've got the flu. You don't have to worry about recording a video this week, or recording a podcast, you can push it to another week because you know you've got plenty in the back burner that you can use.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to say thank you so much, Valerie, for joining us. Valerie Morris from Creative here on the Copy and Content Podcast. I may all of the information to connect with Valerie. Uh, Hop on her website, tenterocreative.com. Check out her LinkedIn uh, course slash class that you've put together and kind of see some of the content. And then if you you're thinking, hey, I need help with my website or I need help with getting some great content put together, uh, reach out to her and her team. I've worked with Valerie and her team for a couple years now. They're great. I think they're wonderful. And um, it's one where it allows you to be able to connect with people who are actually in the space, who are wanting to build their thought leadership. And it's just been exciting. Uh, Valerie seen uh, Tentero grow uh, um, for the last four or five years, and I'm excited to see the time ahead. I'm excited for your new book coming out and, and uh, a few different other things that are kind of on the horizon for you. So thank you so much for joining us for today's episode.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: All right. Well, you're welcome. And so for a listener, go ahead, get out, do something fun this week and connect with people that you want to serve. Actually give an ish about your audience and we'll see you on the next episode of copy and content.
0: Thanks for listening to the copy and content podcast with John Cook. If you like what you heard, do what fans do subscribe, share, rave and show up for our next episode of copy and content. But until then stay beautiful, my friend.